Um, so for those that don't know me, Loudest my name's David, and I'm going to be sharing a message with you today. Um, so some of you may know, one of the subjects that I love studying and talking about is transformation of the mind. So I know it to be true that the way we think has masses to do with the way we act. And furthermore, as Christians, my belief is that we're called to not only think differently to others, but to act differently to others too. So the title of my message today is Enlightened. And my key scriptural passage is Ephesians 1, 18 to 20. So while I give you a minute just to find that in your Bibles or phones or whatever you're using, um, I just want to explain to you a little bit of context of why I chose that text. Um, so when I was asked to share, I instantly had a scripture in mind that I wanted to use. Um, however, having a recent bit of time off work, um, I was, had an opportunity to do a bit of extra Bible reading. Um, and I was reading Ephesians, and instantly this text just jumped out at me. And I knew straight away that I needed to share it with you all today. Um, so like I said, it's Ephesians 1, 18 to 21. And it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. I also just love the amplified version of this text. I'm just going to read a bit of that also. And it says... And that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, that you may know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee and confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power is in us who believe. Um, so before we get into the text, I just want to share an example with you. Now, I have to apologize to those that may have heard this um, example before, but it, the example links so well to the text, so I really wanted to share it. Um, so I was reading a book a while ago. Um, it's a book by Bill Johnson, and it's called Raising Giant Killers. Um, and basically what it is, he shares um, a scientific experiment um, that was done by Kurt Paul Richer. Um, so basically what it is, it was back in the 1950s. He um, basically got some really high-sided uh, buckets um, and he basically filled them with water and he put a current in the bottom of the buckets. And then it, so it's like a circular current, really high-sided bucket with a circular current. Um, and then what he did is he dropped some rats into these buckets um, and he timed how long it was um, before they eventually stopped being able to swim and unfortunately died. Um, and that was a 15-minute period. But he took that investigation just a little bit further. Um, and what he did was he got another set of rats. Um, he put them in, again, exactly the same buckets, exactly the same current. But this time, he temporarily rescued the rats out of the bucket. And then he popped them back in and continued to time how long they survived before they um, gave up. So how long do you think that was? So the difference in time was a whopping 60 hours, um, which is 240 times longer than the previous time. Um, and when Dr. Richards shared his findings, he shared that the rats that were temporary rescued survived because they were given hope. 
And for us, this is our enlightenment. We have also been rescued. We have a glorious hope in Christ Jesus. And I'm trying not to compare us too much with rats, um, but the truth is we've been rescued from the world. Um, we are in the world, but we're not of it. Um, that reminds me of uh, a scripture, John 17, 14 to 15. And it says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they know not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So here Jesus is praying for his disciples. It's just before he was betrayed. And he's praying over them that they may see things differently and realize that they're no longer of the world, but they are living in the world. They've been, you know, it's exactly the same for us. We've been transformed. We've been changed. We've been renewed. And we are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. So we're no longer of the world, but we do live in it. I'm trying not to drag out the comparison too much with those rats. But that hope that we have in Christ Jesus is infectious. And, you know, just the same as those rats survive so much longer, that hope should be infectious in our lives and affect our mindset and our thoughts and our actions. Um, so going back to that key passage, Paul was speaking over the Ephesian church and he was praying that their hearts may be enlightened, that they may be changed by the hope that they've been given in Christ Jesus. So my first point is this, we have a hope. As believers and followers of Christ, we've been rescued. And we're reminded of that verse that we all know so well, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we know as, as Christians, we've got our ultimate destiny. We know where it is, we're going to heaven, right? Um, and I'm reminded of, of Pastor Scott's message a few weeks ago. Um, where he talked about heaven and, and, and what we focus on and what we think about. Are we focusing on the world around us or are actually we thinking about our destiny and where we're going? And that affects the way we think and the way we act. So I have to be honest in here. Um, I've fallen into this trap so many times where um, I don't realize what I've got. So I come across a problem and I do what probably a lot of us do and I start to worry about that problem and as I try and fix that problem, I probably worry about that problem even more. And eventually I find that I may not even manage to fix it. And, and I'm forgetting something. I'm forgetting that I've been enlightened. I've been changed by Christ. And I'm not looking at that problem from a, from a Christian perspective. I'm probably looking at it as someone from the world and trying to fix it myself. Um, so some of you may know that I go... Uh, jogging every every week. So me and Joe did a video a little while ago of, of us going for a jog and it's been really amazing. We've had some other people um, come and join us. So this is my shameless little dig if you'd like to come and join us on a Saturday morning. Um, but I just wanted to share that we, me and Joe were both going through some challenges at work and um, I was doing my normal and, and, and worrying about it the way I normally would. And as we were running, God just revealed to me, just reminded me that he can be glorified he can be glorified in our workplace. And, you know, I just prayed, me and Joe both prayed there and then, that, that God would be glorified in the, in the situations and challenges that we were going through. I haven't really got time to share with you the whole testimony of what God did, but he absolutely worked stuff through in our workplaces. And he's been doing some amazing stuff that I absolutely know wasn't me, but was absolutely him. And it just gets me thinking, really, if we could seek God first more in our lives, if we could let that glorious hope be infectious, how much more would God do through us? 
And, and we know God cares about every single area of our life, from the very tiny, minute things to the massive things. And I just encourage you to let that kingdom mindset rule more in your lives in the way of thinking, because that will help you go through life in a totally different way. And I guess that leads me directly on to my second point. We've been changed. We're no longer doing life in our own strength. So I'm going to go back to that scripture that I raised earlier, Ephesians 1.19. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. So that same power that raised Christ from the dead is exactly the same power that lives in us. And, and, and that's my second point, right? What are we doing with God's power in us? So becoming Christ-like is progressive. As we let our minds and our thinking be changed and enlightened by God's message of that saving grace, as we let God continue to transform us from the old and new, we give God the opportunity to be used more through us. And Peter's such a great example for this that I love looking at. So in the Bible, we see Peter. He's one of those audacious people that, that steps out. But actually, he often let the environment around him affect the way he acted. Um, so one example of this is we know um, just before uh, Jesus got arrested, that Peter stood there and said, you know what, I will never let you down. I'll even prepare to die for you. But actually, we see when, when Peter's led into that courtyard, um, he denies Christ three times. And what he did there was he let the environment around him affect his thoughts and his actions. And therefore, you know, he, he was fearful for his death or, or you know, getting hurt, and, and he denied Christ. And then we see uh, earlier on, actually, um, the example of stepping out of the boat. Again, Peter's audacious. He, you know, he's confident. He, he steps out of that boat when all the other disciples were there. But actually... Once he looked around him and he saw the waves, he let that environment affect his thinking. And, you know, we, we see him begin to sink and Jesus reach out and saves him. But actually, when we turn to Acts, we see a brand new Peter. Um, we see a Peter that's bold and willing to carry through his actions and not let the thoughts affect him. So we know on the day of Pentecost, um, when the Jews begin to question what's going on with the um, disciples as they're filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter's the one that stands there and preaches that message. But not only did he preach the message, he also actually, you know, challenged those Jews. He accused them of actually crucifying Jesus. Now, doing that would have been fairly risky. We know that, you know, not long ago, Jesus has been crucified. And, you know, he's, again, challenging these, these Jews. It would have been really risky. He could have ultimately have maybe even been stoned to death. But Peter was someone then who'd been transformed He'd been enlightened. He'd spent that time with Jesus and he'd let that message of the kingdom of God affect his thinking and his mindset. And rather than letting himself be fearful for his own life, he stepped out boldly and audaciously and preached that message. And we know also, obviously, that Peter was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And through that strength, he was going out and being used by God. And ultimately, what was the result? 3,000 people were added to the church that day. And just imagine if that was happening on a daily basis. And it absolutely can happen if we let God be used by us more. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed in his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is in spirit. So as we seek his face daily, as we regularly read his word and we focus our mind 
on the things of heaven rather than the things on earth around us. God changes us and it enables us to be used by him. And we're reminded of John 14, 12. It says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So here's Jesus telling us that we can do those very same things that he did. And as we come together as a church, empowered by the Holy Spirit with that changed mindset of, of being saved, we can do even greater things. So I just really want to encourage you. God's power is ready to go in us. We're like a charged up battery is ready to operate. But the question is for me and for you, are we willing to step out and let God's miraculous power be used in us? So in summary, I want to leave us with two challenges. And the first one is this. As we go out into this week, as we come across those normal problems or even bigger problems we come across, can you let that enlightened message from Christ change the way you look at these things and change the way you act? That we can bring God into those circumstances and absolutely see that God is glorified for it. And the second challenge is this, that again I say to myself as, as well as you guys, what are we doing with God's power? As we seek God's face, as we daily focus on the things of heaven, our challenge is to step out and do those things God's asked us to do. I was recently listening to um, one of the messages on YouView, you know, the daily stories, and he was saying that sometimes it might only take 20 seconds for you to go out and do something over and above, be used by God, and he can do miraculous things. So let's act. And finally, I just want to say, if you've yet to be saved, and you've yet to have that amazing enlightenment moment that we have had, then please reach out. So the number's been regularly coming up um, throughout the message this morning or throughout church. Um, and there's people that are ready to, you know, man those phones and ready to take your call. And also, as far as I know, the pastors in the park is still happening. Um, so again, you can reach out and, and meet those. So don't delay. Let your life be changed today. Thank you very much for your time.